0: It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson. (laughs) Yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Hello,
1: Las Vegas. Thomas Viola here filling in for Ken Thompson on a wonderful Monday evening. It's it's a brisk 112 degrees out right now in Las Vegas, we're going to be with you cooling off. It is nice and cool here in the studio here, I'll tell you that. The PSBR Law Studio, properly air-conditioned at the moment, and... It's going to be a great night. We have a great show in store for you. Mark Hoke, of course, as always, at the controls. And joining me in studio here for the next two hours to talk about everything from we got some Raiders news to get through, we got some baseball to talk about, and you know what? Down under there is a pretty big soccer tournament going on right now. We'll be talking about all that and more. Christy Maria, Covers Club Chris, joining me right now. Chris, great to have you here in studio with me, my friend, How's your week been so far? It's it's Monday, but we're riding strong here. Anything you got going right now in any of these baseball games going on?
2: I'm um, keeping a close eye on a couple games, uh, a couple leans I had early. You know, I don't love Monday baseball. You know, it's a travel day, usually a short slate. Um, you know, sometimes you get some weird games beginning of some series, uh, end of some other series. Uh, I'm done for the day, but keeping a close eye on some of these games. Couple shocks, a uh, couple games that I know that you've picked the uh, picked the dogs properly in these. So, uh, keeping a close eye on that Rangers Astros series. That's a big series for both teams, uh, and the Blue Jays Dodgers series as well. Surprising uh, under trend so far in this game, but um, this will be uh, this is some fun series coming up. But just uh, kind of waiting and watching, getting ready for tomorrow on these.
1: Yeah, that Rangers-Astros game right now tied 9-9 in the top of the ninth, my friend. And this one, if you had the under, at least you didn't have to wait very long to find out that you were sunk. But this one's going to get interesting here. Could see plenty of runs in extras unless one of these teams can pull it out in the ninth right now. But so far, no news to report teams tied up at nine in the top of the ninth in that one. I've I've got the Pirates. Up 8-1 over the Padres right now in the bottom of the fifth. Happy about that. They were around a plus 230, plus 250 dog, depending on where you where and when you were able to get them. So hopefully the Pirates don't pirate this one and we don't see an epic collapse here or an epic comeback and they can cruise that out. And then I've also got the Blue Jays down 2 nothing to the Dodgers right now, bottom of the fourth for that one. But we'll see what's going to happen there. Still plenty of baseball to play. And you're right. That Rangers astros series huge for both of those teams right now because let's face it, we are starting to get down towards the business end of the season and uh, definitely safe to say, people did not expect the Rangers to be in the spot they're in right.
2: I at the beginning of the season, absolutely not. I mean, this is like for them being the best offense, arguably in the entire league. Uh, this is absurd, but you know, for they're they're putting up you know five, six, seven, eight runs. On almost a nightly basis, it's it's absurd. You know, a little pitching, and we're really keeping these guys uh, in the running for World Series contender uh, in a very stacked American League. So this is a. Uh I, I, wild is a good word to, to say because it's it's crazy, but um, you know a lot of success is coming home. They we need to see a little bit more success on the road. They're only five or four games above five hundred on the road, I believe. Um, so we need to see a little success on the road. But they're running a gauntlet right now. Uh, they just faced the Rays and then the Dodgers and now the Astros. So if they get out of this with a winning record, this you know three series stretch here, uh, we're gonna have to really keep an eye on these guys come October.
1: And the really important thing, it's not just about racking up the wins. It's about showing that you can consistently beat good teams, because that's the indication you're going to be a team that can take care of business come October, come November, when it's really, when it counts. And the Rangers have been showing that so far, for sure.
2: Yeah, I think the uh, the Rays series was big. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the Rays, I'm not going to lie. Uh, they've had a really dismal start to the second half of the season. Uh, i don 't know if this is them kind of reverting back to the team we expected them to be or if they 're just in a slump, uh, but that that series was a lot more impressive when they swept when the Rangers swept the Rays at home uh, than it is right now after the the struggles the Rays have had. I think they only have what three or four wins since the beginning of the second half of the season, um, and then you know gave up two big games to the Dodgers it looked like they were about to get swept in a big way by the Dodgers when the Dodgers hit a grand slam in the first inning. Uh, what was that yesterday or two days ago it might have been yesterday uh, and then they scored eight unanswered and the Rangers went and took game three of that series and, and they really battled back and that was after sweeping a very good Guardians team that's one of the best hitting teams in the MLB in the last 40 games and so yeah they're they're consistently winning and they're consistently beating very good teams and you know even when they get punched in the mouth like they did against the Dodgers they're coming right back so we'll see you know we'll see what they have to do they got a rudder on first with two outs in this, in this Houston game we'll see what they have to do in this Houston series, but i 'm um, I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on these guys because they got to face Houston then they got to go to San Diego, and then they get a little bit of a break with Chicago and Miami coming home but this is, uh, this is not going to be an easy second half for these Rangers, and if they can consi- consistently beat really good teams and their pitching holds on because they don't have much of a bullpen to speak of if they, you know, maybe buyer's at the deadline or something, um, I'm going to keep a close eye on these guys because I, I don't think the Rays have, it, have a deep run in them. Um, this American League could get very, very crazy come October.
1: And, and you hit on a great point there with pitching because the reality is there are so many innings that need to be eaten up And there are only so many arms in the league right now. When it comes to the trade deadline coming up here, you know that some of these names are going to be in high demand. Lucas Giolito is the obvious one that comes to mind for a lot of people when we start talking about players that are potentially going to be on the move here. But you know who I think we're going to see uh, taking off and finding a new team? I'm not saying both But I think one of Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer are going to be Mm -hmm. in a different uniform after the trade deadline here. I think the Mets look to offload one of those contracts because Steve Cohen is doing something that a lot of new owners in baseball have figured out over the years, and that is that you don't necessarily get what you pay for when you spend a ton of money on these rosters. And I think it's not a mistake that is going to kill him in the long run. Lord knows this guy isn't hurting for cash, but... I think it's a mistake that he is learning early on that plenty before him have also had to learn the hard way like this. The Mets just did not get it done with the roster they put together this year, and I think that they'll be sellers at the deadline, and we'll see one of those pitchers who's going, you know what, I'm getting close to the end. I only have so many more years left in me. I only have so many more innings left in me. Let me get to a contender right now and try and win a ring while I can.
2: I could see them offloading Carrasco as well, one of those big names, and then Carlos Carrasco as well. Uh, really a disappointment this season, a a decent sized contract, not a massive contract, but um, I could see the Mets offloading him as well. And you mentioned Giolito. I think Clevenger could also be on the move. The White Sox are probably going to be sellers. Oh, for sure. Um, They're definitely selling uh, Lopez, I think uh, out of the bullpen as well. Uh, But there's, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, the Cardinals are going to be offloading pitchers as well. Uh, There's going to be, you know, not no aces, obviously for sale uh, besides potentially Shohei Otani, but that depends who you believe. Um, But yeah, I think the Mets are absolutely going to be sellers at the deadline. I mean, this is a very stacked NL East that has little to no chance of catching the Braves. Uh, So I think the race is for second place. And when you're that far out of even second place as the Mets are, this is a let's look to 2024 and maybe the roster we built that you mentioned will somehow come together in 2024. But they got to offload some contracts first because you can't be by far the number one spender in the MLB and be a perpetual fourth place team.
1: And another thing here, the Cincinnati Reds. They're a team that has been such an <laughs> yeah. enigma so far this season. No one was really expecting huge things out of them when we came into the year. But all of a sudden, they're sitting there in a tight battle with the Brewers. But today, they lose once again to Milwaukee, 3-2. to two. This is now, I believe, six of seven games against Milwaukee that they've dropped over the last couple weeks here. They had that series with them before the All-Star break, followed the All-Star break with a series against them. And now they're coming back here, and they open this one with a loss as well. But that's on the heels of wins against the Gi- two wins against the Giants. They split there, and then beating the Diamondbacks in a three-game sweep. This team can get it done against some good teams. Lord knows the Diamondbacks are no slouch this season. Yeah. Yeah. But then they come back, and the team they need to beat most, the Brewers, they just absolutely can't do it. Brewers just got their number. I mean, that's that
2: series, that season series, is the difference this year. Yeah. The Brewers and the Reds started playing at the beginning of June. They have played 11 games up to that point, and there are only three games or two games now left in that season series. The Brewers lead the season series 9-2. That's and, just absurd. And the Reds are one and a half games back in the standings. If the Reds split that series 50-50, it's a completely different NL Central. And look, at the beginning of the season, I mean, we talked about a little bit of a season preview months ago, and we all agreed that the NL and the AL Central were going to be the two worst divisions in baseball. But that meant they were going to be the most wide open. It was the, you know, there was room for something crazy like this to happen. But it, again, if Cincinnati can just find a way to get Milwaukee's number, even in these last two games, you leave this series, you leave leave the season series with the lead in the division over the Brewers in a wide open NL Central you can you can really create your own path in this division but Man, you're right. Up to this point, Milwaukee's just had their number. And if you're just split the season series, what do they play? Uh, 13 games against each other in the season series. If you just split it, you go you know, a game below 500 in that season series, it's completely different. So the Reds have two very big opportunities in the next couple days to really shape the rest of their season. Um, or they leave this thing, what, three and a half games back of the Brewers, and the Brewers are in the catbird seat uh, in the middle of July or end of July.
1: And you talked about the Angels being a potential seller Mm -hmm. here. I don't know. I think that they're at the point here where they've been getting the wins that they need post-All-Star break. They're and 6-3 post-All-Star break here? I might be incorrect on that. But they've been racking up some wins so far after the ASB. And they're doing what they need to do. They've got a couple tough series coming up here. But I think they might just end up being prisoners in the moment and just kind of be stuck. Where they're saying, well, we have a chance to catch up to some of these teams that we have to catch up to to grab a wild card spot. We're not going to do it, but we have a chance. And so, therefore, we're not going to be sellers and we're not going to get anything for Otani. Because, of course, ownership also don't want to be the guys that sold Joey Otani. Well, if
2: you believe the ownership, they they really believe in this recent success stretch they are six and three since the all-star break um those wins have come against the yankees and the pirates one against the astros congratulations um and the ownership says, you know, we've been winning since the All-Star break, we have reason to believe you know, we're getting Trout back eventually uh, we have reason to believe that you know, we're going to be winning, even eight games back of Texas, again, one of the best teams in the league right now, uh, even though they're eight games back, they're saying, oh, you know we're we're winning right now, so why sell the best player that baseball has seen in how long, I mean that that's the debate at this point, is not if he's the best player in baseball, it's how long has it been since we've seen someone that good, and you know, they obviously don't want to be the the guys to trade him away but I mean this is look this is something that has frustrated me for a long time because I I love Mike Trout you know he's a Jersey kid Um, grew up a Phillies fan you know love to root for him I I grew up maybe a half hour from my friends used to play him in high school and his career you know MVP level career kind of was wasted in Los Angeles. And I don't want to see that happen to another generational talent in Shohei Otani. So for me, you know, I get really hyped about this because I'm like, you know, get get rid of him, give him a chance to play in some big, meaningful games because that's what we want to see. We saw it in the World Baseball Classic, and he was electric. Now I want to see him in a World Series. You know, I want to see him in a uniform that can go to a World Series. So I would love for them to trade him. But if you believe the brass, it doesn't sound like they really want to right now.
1: I feel like the only thing that you can do as the Angels – is not trade him to the Dodgers. Yeah, yes. and they've
2: they have made that very clear. They don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, you, you can't you can't leave him in Los Angeles, or really send him to Los Angeles, because let's face it, the Angels don't play in L.A. It's just not feasible for them to do. And I, I think another team that's going to be a seller down there in uh, d- down there in Southern California. The San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. It's the top of the sixth right now. They're down 8-3 to the Pirates. You're losing I to the Pirates. <laughs> You're losing to the Pirates. It's Things are not going well. You spent hey, they're chipping so, away. <laughs> you spent so much money on that roster. As my co-host on, uh, on the Deep Left podcast for Unabated, Jason Weingarten, says, the Padres just stink. They're always bad. They're con- they 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 never figure it out. They never put it together. And... Here we are again. How much money went into this team? How much hype was there? And we're right back with another terrible Padres team that should be unloading some of these contracts.
2: I think uh, Snell is going to be one of the biggest names we were talking about. uh, Arms. Uh, Snell will probably be one of the biggest arms to go. Uh, Well, Shohei Otani being number one, I think Snell is probably going to be the number two uh, arm behind him. And you mentioned Giolito. Josh Hader as well. Josh Hader's a big piece that San Diego might just offload, which is crazy to think. I mean, they had everything. They had all the pieces ready to go. They had an embarrassing loss to—who was that last year in the playoffs? Oh, yeah, the Phillies. A embarrassing series loss to the Phillies in the playoffs last year. And, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. It's time for them to really come back. And now they're sellers like— known sellers at the trade deadline. You know, this has just been disappointment. I mean, a lot of disappointment coming out of those SoCal teams. I still think the Dodgers are a World Series caliber team. If they can just get healthy, I think they can win a World Series this year. I do But I, I, it, they have to get healthy. I think their offense can get it done. But there's a lot of ifs there. This yeah. is this is not this is not a team I'm rushing to the booth to uh, to bet on you know I'm not, I'm not rushing to the uh, to the cashier cashing out any of my futures on them I am not you know doing any of that I'm just saying that they have the talent to be able to do it but of the teams in California they are the most likely to do it out of any of them cuz they might be the only team not selling yeah. besides maybe the giants the giants you know could make a play for shohei but yeah, uh, it, that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun to watch. But yeah, the the Padres being sellers, they're probably going to sell off Hader and Snell, and they're going to get a, a haul back, and they'll get a lot of money back toward that cap, cause, or that salary, because let, let's be honest, they have really, really put out a lot of money for not a lot of success. So they'll get some of that money back, but no, this has been... A uh, a dumpster fire of a season for the Padres. I'm
1: not I, I'm not optimistic about the Dodgers' chances. I know you caveated it with a lot of ifs there, but their big problem is going to be pitching. Yeah, right? absolutely. They're calling up rookies who didn't even see Triple A. Of course, that's a common theme around the league right now. Pitchers' arms are falling off everywhere. But right now, the Blue Jays just got one back in the top of the fifth. It is two-one mm-hmm. Dodgers, and we will have more on that game and. One other divisional race that's gotten pretty interesting that we've, uh, we've saved through this first block here, but we'll be weighing in on that when we come back here on SportsX Radio 101.
0: Something magic happens Every time you go You make the magic happen The magic of Orioles baseball When the game is close And the yokes are hot there's a thundering roar from 34 to give it all they got. Can you help no know who's gonna hear the call? Every game has a different star. That's the magic. Put our own
1: station for a copyright strike or something here. Get it off. Get it
0: off. Uh, not
3: a chance. <laughs> you're you're in our house, Tom. Sorry. We kept trying to talk. The oh, it, it, that's, where to it <laughs> that's where it goes. That's where it goes.
1: Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back on into Sports X Radio here in the PSBR Law Studio. Thomas Viola and Chris Di Maria filling in for Ken Thompson on a nice Monday night here. And Chris, you know. It's been an interesting run out uh, out down in Florida right now for the Tampa Bay Rays. But re- the regression monster mm-hmm. has crept in. And Go it's ahead. a very surprising team who now holds a lead in the division, and that is the Baltimore Orioles. And if only we knew someone <laughs> who could talk about this team, if only we knew someone who is a fan of the Baltimore Orioles who could step in here I might have to make a call to my good buddy Rufus Peabody,
3: but in the <laughs> meantime, might.
1: yeah, maybe I'll, maybe that's what I'll do here. Mark, do you know anybody, producer I'm,
3: Mark? Hoke here. Might. I might. I'm not sure.
1: What do you think is going on right now with the O's? Long time, long time Orioles hater, Mark Hoke.
3: Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, you know the the one issue Baltimore is starting to run into a little bit, and you mentioned it pretty much going around the league is everybody is just running out of gas in their their pitching, and I think the Orioles are starting to. See that a little bit, you know. We had uh, Batista and Cano not pitch tonight, as their load has just been ridiculous. And you know, with the Orioles missing so many guys out of the bullpen, you know, they're they're def- definitely going to be shopping for a bunch of arms. I think uh, as we get close to the trade deadline. But boy, I'll tell you, this this team is so young and resilient, and the the pitching has been sensational. There's just no way to put it. I mean, I I know they're probably going to be looking for a top of the line arm, but. Boy, they're getting the job done, buddy.
2: A lot of those guys that we named before the break were definitely gonna be targets by the Orioles. I can't believe Colton Kaer is the one who is the hero in this game. What's he hitting one eighty maybe one sixty well what, what's it, what's his average this year and and he's the one that beats the Phillies. I'm a Phillies fan by the way for those of y'all who don't know um so i'm I'm a little hurt by this oh one twenty eight he's hitting one twenty eight this year. The automatic out Colton Kaer comes in as a pinch hitter. Uh, early in the game, he he uh, subbed in for Hicks earlier in the game um, when he rolled over his his arm there. But Cowser uh, comes in automatic out and plays hero for the Orioles. It seems like everyone on this team, Mark, is just is stepping up when you need them, even though they are so young. They are stepping up like they're experienced, and they've been there before, and I think that's what's most impressive to me
3: well, you need to watch your tongue about Mr. Coer. He hit three thirty in Norfolk he's just oh, kind of getting his feet he's getting his feet wet a little bit <laughs> give him give him a little bit of time like Gunnar Henderson, for example but i, I, think yeah, I, I, I I'm sorry go ahead Mark. but yeah, I mean these you know this is just a really tight group. I mean a lot of these guys that are coming up have all been playing together, they're all used to each other. And you know, just a ton of talent. I mean, they did a terrific job drafting. They've still got more guys coming, and like I said, there's just no quit. I mean, I've watched, I've watched these guys all season long get in some just some really bad spots, and they've come back and found a way to win games. They're, it, it's one of the gutsiest royal teams I've seen in a really long time.
1: I think the thing with them, though, when it comes to being buyers at the deadline, I don't. Know how much they're going to want to part with some mm-hmm. of their prospects because they very clearly are. They very clearly value what they have in the pipeline right now. And let's be real, th- this is an Astros organization. They came in, they stripped this team down to the studs, the and management has built them back up in a fantastic way. To the point, again, uh, I was talking with uh, with Redopedia, Jason Weingarten today, and he said. This isn't a team that's built to win a championship this year. This is a team that's built to win multiple championships.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that. And and it is going to be a little bit tricky because they I, I'm really hesitant to really push anybody off the major league roster, even though I think there's there may be, you know, Mateo could go, but I'm not sure what they get for him because he's just not hitting well. Um, you know, and I don't and I don't, wouldn't really want to let go of Frazier or uh, Hicks. You know, I mean, they've provided some great veteran leadership and they kind of, they've got a great mix going there. And then, you know, who do you, I mean, who do you trade off that roster? Now, the, the minor leaguers, I think the one guy you'd probably want to watch is Joey Ortiz, who's been up and down a little bit because, you know, Holiday's on his way up and that infield's going to be set for a long time. So, very long time. Yeah. So I don't know who else, you know, if, if Ortiz is going to be able to break in there. So there's a guy. Ryan McKenna, who was up and you know was up on the roster for a long time until he pulled a couple guys up, but yeah, I you know I I mean as a as a former coach, I don't know if I'd really want to be screwing with this team right now. I really, I mean, they're just playing great ball, so why mess with it?
2: Now, as the trade deadline roller coaster goes, yesterday, uh, Buster Olney reports that the Orioles are going to be quote measured buyers. At the trade deadline, they're, quote, willing to deal from position player surplus to upgrade pitching, but not proceed to be f- fishing for big, pricey deals at this point, end quote. An hour ago, it's reported the Orioles are doing their due diligence, calling to Los Angeles I knew about Shohei Otani. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> yeah, so so that was an hour ago. Oh, the Angel, the uh, Orioles and the Diamondbacks calling to Anaheim saying, hey— you know, what, do you, what are you thinking about? What do you, obviously, they have a surplus of very good uh, position players, very young guys. And so I, I don't think, I, again, I don't think the Angels make a move with Shohei Otani. I absolutely don't think it happens. I want it to happen. I don't think it does. But if, if someone is going to be a player, it's going to be a team like the Orioles who have a surplus of young talent uh, and are able to you know, still make a run. But honestly, I, I agree with both you guys. I would not mess with this roster right now because this roster, as you said, Tom, is built to win championships, plural.
1: I, I, just, I, I don't know that if you're the Orioles, Mark, you can weigh in on here, sure. sure, maybe with some rose-colored glasses, but is this a team that you envision winning the World Series
3: this year? It wasn't – no, I didn't think they would have this year. I didn't think they were quite ready. I knew a lot of guys were going to be coming up. So, you know, it was more of a –
1: Right. This, a, was, this was
3: a playoff. I mean, I, yeah, I they, felt they, like they were a playoff team.
1: Yeah, this was but, a year, especially after the success that really came out of nowhere last year. Like, they they outperformed expectations last year, and then this year the thinking was, okay, this team can compete for a playoff spot. The expectation is let's make the playoffs. Do you want to leverage some of that future from the pipeline for an Otani rental to Boy, go yeah. after a series? It do you go after the ring this year or do you keep what you have and say and say that we're trusting the process?
3: You know, the thing is if the deal is right, would I would I take a rental for Otani seeing how the team's playing and knowing that maybe one more I mean if you put Otani in the lineup Hitting wise, and throw him in the rotation. Oh, boy, I I get so scared when I see these words. That could be a championship team.
1: And do you, That's do, you kind of risk, team. do you yeah. risk it all for that?
3: Well, I, I it's the other, see, the other I factor think, the the other okay.
1: factor is you get the inside track to re sign him. But
3: see, well, see, I don't know, I don't know if the Orioles would just because I mean they have I mean there's so many. Just I don't want to get too deep into it, but. The, they have very few guys with big contracts on nobody's really I mean a lot of a lot of guys are you know young guys that have light contracts. the payroll's very low so there would there be room next year if they wanted to try to resign him? Yes, but I think the Angelos family and you brought it up about the Mets Angela Peter Angelos, when he was running the team, played that game back in the late '90s where it was rotisserie baseball. And it didn't work. And Elias is not going to do that. It, but boy, I'll tell you. But I think they, I think they have enough in the system that they could spare some guys and put a good deal together for a rental. So it, man, it's tricky. But yeah, you know, I mean, I think the team that's probably that has the best shot to get him. I think it's Texas. I, I think yeah. the Rangers would be more than willing at this point to make that move, add him to the lineup, and get him in the rotation. That could be a team that's going to win the American League if he goes there, too. So, yeah, I, but yeah, that that's a tough call. It really is. Texas Rangers' ninth
2: biggest spenders in the MLB, 14th highest average attendance this season. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles, meanwhile, 29th out of 30 in terms of spending. Uh, they are the 23rd. Uh, 23rd highest, I guess you could say, uh, average attendance this season. So they're, you know, not bringing in the tickets, but they're not bringing in as many tickets. But they're also not spending much at all. I mean, having a 620 winning percentage that low. I mean, they're two stuts below the Rays. The Rays aren't exactly bringing anyone in. The Rays are four stuts below them. So uh, it's, you know, it's it's two, you know, potential of uh, of landing spots for Otani. But I mean, you're looking at. Two of the teams in the American League that can win the pennant this year, because I don't, th- I'm, I'm concerned about the race, I'll be honest. I'm not buying the I'm not buying the oh it's like regression they're just in a slump like we didn't expect the Rays to be this good for this long and that's the beauty of the longevity of the MLB season is you really start to see the cream rising to the top at some point I'm concerned yeah. about the Rays I am I'm concerned about the Rays I'm concerned about their pitching I'm concerned about you know, their are they're hitting they get very aggressive swinging at the first pitch and when they start facing really good pitching that can work uh, work well into 60 70 80 pitch counts you know They're going to get in trouble. And, and so these Rays, they answer slumps with aggression, which isn't always the best way to do it. And so the Orioles, you know, they're, they and the Reds are the two scrappiest teams I've seen in a while. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch. Both teams, a lot of fun to watch. And the Orioles have the talent to get it done. So if the Orioles grabbed Otani right now, I would be as bold as to say make them the favorites in the American League. Yeah, and I, and I
3: would agree with your assessment on the Rays too because I thought they were a fourth-place team this year. Absolutely. I thought they were going to be good but not quite good enough because I really did like the Yankees rotation coming into the season that I thought that they were just going to be shutting people down all over the place. And with the offense being, yeah, it would have been good enough, but the Yankees just, it's, it's not happening, but the Rays, yeah, there's a serious regression with them. Uh, I, I couldn't believe what they were doing at the start of the season. And when you looked at some of the numbers they were putting up, how many guys were hitting 300 on that team, there was just no way that they were going to be able to keep this up. Yeah. But I think they banked enough wins that they're going to be able to hold on and stay in and stay in the playoffs. I yeah. really do.
1: The reality is some of these teams that have just surprised are going to edge out some of these teams that everyone expects to be in there. I think the Dodgers are safe. The Astros are probably safe. Probably. But the Yankees?
3: I think I don't think they're going to make it right now. It it looks to me like Houston, Texas, whoever wins the Central, and right now I'm going to change my pick on though, but I'm going to I'm going to go to Minnesota. I think their pitching is good enough to get in there, and then it should be Baltimore, Toronto, Tampa. That's what that's what I'm seeing right now. It's crazy. The but,
2: Yankees and the Red Sox are both six games above 500, and they're nine games back in the East. That is insane. They would be what one game back right now in the Central. Both of them would be one game back in the Central. Um, in the NL Central, they'd only be a couple games back. Heck, in the West, they wouldn't be that far back. But the American League East is just so good. It's it, and you know, if, I think they're all going to end above five hundred. And there is going to be two teams that don't make the playoffs out of that out of that division.
3: Yeah, and the National League is going to be pretty interesting too, because I think that it was funny that when I saw who was in what playoff positions when the seat when we hit the All Star break, you are looking at Arizona and Cincy and and. Miami, I mean, just like what? And you, you really have to see, what expect regression from those teams. You know, I I think Milwaukee's going to hang on; they're going to win that division. The but the Reds are in a wild card spot. But it, it's going to be interesting with it, if some of these teams can sneak up, like the Phillies can get back in there. You know, I I think Arizona is good enough, but they're young, I and mean, that's going to be kind of a messy, like eighty eight. Win wild card situation out there in the National League, and I but I I think the Braves and the Dodgers are kind of locks to go to the NLCS. I would I would think, but who knows?
2: I The Braves are another one of those teams that just worry me because they get so aggressive when they get in slumps, and they're another team that if they run into good pitching, they can be in trouble.
1: I, I'm I'm not worried about the Braves.
2: I we saw it we saw it happen last year. We saw it happen last year where their aggression got to them. So. I look, playoff baseball gets weird. You know, you get these short series and you yeah. skid your wheels, you spin your wheels just a little bit and you're in trouble. I also want to point out um a, a team that I I don't think anyone's talking about and I might get some flack for talking about them, but the Chicago Cubs are very interesting to me because when they when they can't get their offense going, their pitching is going really well and they're just losing close low-scoring games. But when their offense is going, they are blowing teams out. If they can get any consistent offense, the Central still wide open. If they can get any consistent offense, they can make a run at the NL Central. They are the only positive run differential in the entire division, and they're at plus 41, and they're seven games back of the Brewers. And I, I just think if they can get any consistent—their pitching is good enough that if they can get any consistent uh, hitting going, and they're not massive sellers at the trade deadline— I think they can get something going, but I I don't see anyone out of the Central making any playoff run whatsoever. So I don't think in the, in the grand scheme of things it matters. I'm just keeping my eye on them because they have been one of those teams that's just very, very strange. A strange case study in this season.
1: Yeah, they've definitely been interesting, but I, I think they're going to sell at the deadline. I think they're going to recognize that they're not putting it together this year, and it's just not happening right now. But I see where you're coming from. They have been really interesting, but... I'm just not optimistic about them. And the best thing that you can do as a team, really, it, or rather the worst thing that you can do as a team is look in the mirror and lie to yourself about what you see. Exactly. The best thing that you can do is be honest and just say, you know what, we are who we are and we need to make the changes that we need to make.
3: Yeah, you can't. I think a team like them in Detroit is another one that, mm-hmm. you know, you you kind of sit there and say, wow, if they could get on a roll, you know, maybe they could in there, but they're not a good team. They're I mean, not I, a good and, team. Yeah. yeah, and and you you can't look at the standings at this point. You've got to look around at the talent and say we're just it's it's not there. It's not worth giving up a bunch of young talent for a team that's under five hundred and not quite there. And you know, I just think would be a bad decision if if they got a little froggy too. But yeah, I I, I but Chicago, I, I agree with you. They've been teasing me this year too. But I yeah, I've, I've given up on the Cubbies.
1: Yeah, but you know. Looking around the league right now, I think the one thing that we can say pretty confidently, it's going to be a real interesting end of the season. We could have some, we Mm -hmm. could have some matchups that go right down to the wire, right down to that last day. And you know, when it gets to that point, it just all comes down. It's been 160 plus games and you are just going to sit down there and say, all right. Only one more game matters, and that heart's going to be pounding. And let me tell you when it is. Your health and the health of those you love has never been more important. It's on our minds, so get peace of mind when you visit Preventative Diagnostic Center. They have the only scanner of its kind in the region that gives early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart and lung disease. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center now to schedule your free educational consultation at 702-534-7900. That's 702 534 7900. Tell him Ken Thompson from SportsX Radio sent you. Ken got his scan and he's glad he did. He got information on his heart and overall health he never would have known. And let me tell you, if you've seen Ken, that man is healthy. It's important to get checked no matter who you are. That man is in shape. But the comfortable scan took only minutes and he got a detailed report from a board certified radiologist. And another great if you have a spouse or significant other, they are free. Go as a couple. Take the one you love to get answers before there are signs and symptoms. You'll get both a heart CT. You'll both get a heart CT scan with calcium score for only hundred twenty-five dollars. That's a six hundred value, six hundred dollar value per person. You only pay one twenty-five flat. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind when you take charge of your health. Call Preventative Diagnostic Center now. 702-534-7900. Tom Viola, Mark Hoke, Christy Maria, coming at you. On this Monday, we'll be right back here on SportsX Radio. Radio! Mark Hope bringing the hits here. Some Van Hagar on this hot summer Monday night. Thomas Viola, Christy Maria in the PSBR Law Studio here. Filling in for Ken Thompson on X Radio right now. And we've been talking a lot of baseball here. The Astros did, in fact, pull out the walk-off in the bottom of the ninth. They win 10-9 over the Rangers. And the Pirates holding on to an 8-4 lead in the middle of the seventh over the, over the Padres right now. Cardinals have given up the lead. They are now mm-hmm. losing to the Diamondbacks 6-5 to five in the top of the eighth. And the last game going on right now, the Dodgers have lost their 2-0 lead. It is 2-2 against Toronto and the Blue Jays in Los Angeles in the bottom of the sixth inning right now. And we have a couple minutes left here to talk a little more trade deadline, but there was some news that just came over the wire right now uh, around the Padres here. They must have cut the cheese because they have released odor.
3: Yeah, I did see that earlier. I refuse to laugh at that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I know. You no, you got you got nothing that on that. not
2: monitor to make me laugh. At that. Absolutely no, not. No. Absolutely not. No, but I, I I will I will give a go, good golf clap. Well
1: done, but I, I refuse to laugh at that. No, thank you, thank you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> got my laugh out of Mark there. <laughs> <laughs> but there. there but the question that we have been addressing here, and we were addressing a little bit in the break as well. Uh, Mark, you came in. You asked Chris and myself, if you were the Angels, would you trade Otani? And we had, a diff- we had differing answers here. Chris, state your case. I think it, it depends if you
2: put me in the owner's shoes right now. If you, do I think they trade him? No. If I am the ownership, do I trade him? Yes, a year ago i tra- I trade him and try to get a blockbuster trade a full year ago because, you know, I, and I don't want to step on your toes because I know what you're going to say as well, um, but I, I would I would have traded him a while ago to try to get a blockbuster, but right now, you get some pieces to try to win. I mean, you're still going to have a really low payroll, respectively. Um, you know, you're going to drop from, where are they at right now? Where are they at payroll-wise? They are the sixth highest payroll in the MLB. They're going to drop from six to who knows where. Uh, at at this point, once they once they offload that contract, you get some pieces for the minors, you, you start to rebuild, and you try to be a team that's not perpetually the top of the MLB draft. And, you know, you try to build a farm system a little bit, and you try to use this piece to do it, because you got them basically for nothing. You just, you won the sweepstakes, and you try to get something for them. But do I think they trade them? No, and I think they're going to be left empty-handed at the end of the year.
1: And... Th- here it is. Every single—this is why bad teams stay bad, to be quite frank. And the Angels should not be a bad—you te- have Mike Trout mm-hmm. and Shohei Otani. There's no excuse for you to be terrible, and yet every year they are. And then they're going to compound all of those mistakes by holding on to Otani longer than they should, not getting a haul for him, not getting anything for him at the end of the year, and he is just going to walk and probably go right across town to the Dodgers. I think
3: that's a fair guess. Yeah, I I have a feeling that's where he's going to end up, too. But, well, you never know. I mean, if he goes, if he gets traded, you know, let's say he gets traded to New York and ends up liking it. I mean, no, that's not his destination that he wants to go to, but no, that's a place, you know. What if, let's say he goes to Baltimore and all of a sudden looks around and says, wow, this is a great place that I can win championships. You know.
1: Oh, so he's do, looking around he the stay? locker room here. He's not. He's yeah. not. Okay.
3: Yeah. If he, it, I mean, I thought <laughs> yeah. you
1: meant he got off the plane. No,
3: but you know, if he, if he goes outside the harbor, he might not be too happy with the city right now. But in terms of the team, you know, it, it's a great team. You know, and if your goal is to win a championship, maybe it take a hair less money to to stay there. You know, if and and that could be anywhere. You know, because Seattle or someplace like that says, yeah, I like what I see.
1: Although, honestly, you know. let's face it, whoever you are. Just back up the Brinks track and pay
3: him. Yeah, it's a half a billion dollars coming to that man, I would think.
1: Also known as half of the Mbappe contract. (laughs) Did you you see that news today? I did. We'll we'll talk about that nugget here for a second. Kylian Mbappe offered pretty much a billion dollars for one year in Saudi Arabia. They – I mean, Messi turned down a billion for two years to come to Miami. But –
3: I don't know if I could turn that down. I if someone said to me, "I'm going to let you," I'm going to ask you to come here and play a sport and a you know a soccer yet for a billion. Sorry, for a billion dollars for one year. Yeah, I think my name might go on the dotted line.
1: The only hard thing for me is you go to Saudi Arabia, which I think the reason that Messi turned them down. Was because we've seen Ronaldo go over there. When's the last time Ronaldo's name was in the news? Except for the other day when he was t- trying to talk up Saudi Arabia.
3: Do you think he cares when he looks at the checkbook?
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. He's I already don't... got more money than he's ever going to spend in his life. That that kind of ego cares.
3: But with Mbappe, I mean, that's but that, that, that changes that's, his life.
1: It Does it?
3: Yeah. Does it? Yeah. It's a B. That's a B.
1: It It's insane. But he's still going to have that kind of generational wealth, no matter what happens, if he turns that offer down. The problem is, he's not going to get one, one year of his prime back.
3: I don't know, man. Like, I, he to wants me. to go
1: to Real Madrid. You're not playing in the Champions League when you're in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you're catch, you're cashing that monster paycheck, but... You're not getting anywhere closer to the career goals you want. I
3: just couldn't imagine, though, if it's only one one year.
1: I know, but it's...
3: It's uh, one year for a billion dollars. I don't know. Tom, what would you do? I know. Imagine that. you're You're done. If he didn't want to play another soccer game the rest of his life, he's good. He's already good. But I mean, a billion dollars? Yeah. Dude. I don't know. Buh. I don't know. Buh. I just... his
2: children's children are okay at that point. Hey, they're by still going to be taking a year.
1: They're still going to be okay. I don't know.
2: It's a boo. It's,
1: it, it's tu- I'm in. It, it, every
2: man has his price. Mine is around a billion dollars.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that That is fair. But I, I don't know what you put the price on if you're Mbappe for a year of your absolute prime right now. We'll be back after this hour here on SportsX Radio. Don't go anywhere. Coming back at you after this.
0: For peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. So get ready, because SportsX Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now.
1: Welcome back on Into SportsX Radio here. Not Ken Thompson tonight. Thomas Viola, Christie, Maria, and Mark Hoke at the controls for you on this Monday evening. It is brisk at this point, I would call it, Mark. It is brisk on this Monday evening. It is only 96 degrees. Oh,
3: man. I got caught in that rain driving around. Uh, oh, yeah, yesterday. Oh, oh God. Don't even. <laughs> Could I just say something to the Las Vegas Planning Commission real quick?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Be you're the you're the one in charge of the dump button, so You're not I guess so.
3: You're not good.
1: You're not good. No. Um getting political on you for a second. Next election, remember that your local elections matter. Please for remember local. all of this and be sure to look up who was an incumbent on the DOT.
3: Jeez. Remember
1: who planned this. Remember whose fault this was. And don't just blindly check your ballot in the local elections that you don't think about. Because this is where that kind of stuff matters.
3: I drive Uber, in case you guys don't know that. It took me 40 minutes last night, on a Sunday night, to go from the Firefly on Flamingo, coming around a to the Bellagio. Woof. 40 minutes.
1: It's absurd, getting north to south. It takes me to get from my house down Windmill and Rainbow like right next to the studio, I'm two minutes away here. It took me 45 minutes to an hour to get to Circa. Jesus. It's insane. That's a 20-minute drive. And you know what the worst is? The worst is that Tropicana, you know, when you're on 215 and you're getting to 15, Mm -hmm. and it's the Tropicana. (laughs) And let me tell you, let me tell you, how are you redoing the Tropicana Bridge Exit? And not messing with the one thing that's—it's it's a constant bottleneck. doesn't matter what time of day. It is a bottleneck right there of the people trying to get onto the 15 from that weird intersection that it is, that weird merger that it is with only one lane that goes there. And you've got all of those cars backing up. It causes traffic on the 15 side. And you have all of the people who— Purposely go all the way to the end because they oh, see that whole thing, them. and then they just try and force their way in at the last second. And let me tell you, if you're one of those people and you're listening right now,
3: up yours. Yes, you know who you are. No other way to put it. You know it. who you are. Yeah, just real quick, get in line. Stop being a bunch of jerks. Off the top of the stratosphere. That's what oh, you did. Yeah, it's yeah. I don't know what the heck's going on here. And and well, and my concern that I talk to people about when I'm driving around. Pull it into sports a little bit. That Tropicana exchange. Super Bowl is coming in January. Formula One's here before that. And guess what? You've got like 14 people out working on that. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's bad. I mean, I don't you know. And, and Tom, I don't know if you've seen some of these other plans they're doing. Did you know what they're doing to give emergency access during the Formula One race? What? They have three temporary overpasses. That they are putting around the track area there, and I I remember where two of them were. I forgot where the third one is, but they're putting an like an overpass going for, when you're coming down Flamingo to go over Koval so so traffic can get in and out of there. Doing another one on Audrey down by the MGM, and I forgot where the third one's going to be, but they actually have these things ready to go. So a few weeks before the race, they're going to put these up so vehicles can get in and out of there and help traffic a little bit when the race isn't going on. Can you, I mean. I am just, I'm ready to up my auto insurance about 5,000% for that month. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. And then the Super Bowl situation and, you know, the, the traffic down by the Spear. I mean, I, it's it just, if they had left us one road. Yeah. And I don't want to get off on this too far, but.
1: But it's it's been every road. No, Going north-south right now. Yeah, near the it's every, is impossible.
3: it's every road. You've got, they're doing stuff on Frank Sinatra. They did the strip. They're doing Koval's destroyed. Yep. Paradise is a wreck. University Center is torn apart in a bunch of places. There's literally no way to get around. And people are trying to get to events and things like that. There's a lot of sporting events. I mean, the Summer League was going around, and the traffic for that was – it might have been the worst I've ever seen.
1: I'm just saying. I see a whole lot of orange cones. I don't see a whole lot of orange vests.
3: Right. And that is that is a major problem, and it's all over the city. So. And
1: how long is this Tropicana exit going to take?
3: Four years? No, well, they're supposed to be done with that in the spring. That's all that's right. the target. But here's the best part: I
1: mean, Durango Station is going up in uh, a month.
3: I know they can build it. We can build a a building, but we can't seem to put roads together real quick. What what's but, the
1: com What's the missing factor there, Mark? That's what, what's the difference between those two projects. Hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah,
3: okay. I know. And by the way, did you know that the uh, Real, and real fast, we get back to sports. Did you know that they're also going to be starting a project on the Spaghetti Bowl again?
1: Oh, God. Why? Why? You just because finished it. Because it's not, it. it's not good enough. You just finished one.
3: It's not good enough.
1: Oh, Lord. Make it
3: stop. They're they're doing that, and they're going to be tearing apart Tropicana and Paradise going to the airport. So all of our friends that are going to be visiting for all of our great sporting events are going to get to enjoy some craziness there, too. They're doing kind of... A, an underground, overground road underground road like uh, the tunnel there coming out of the airport because UNLV didn't want the uh, their sight views messed up with an overpass.
1: Vafangul. That's just unbelievable.
3: This is why we should all get a billion dollars to go play soccer somewhere else for a year.
1: Yeah. And then, you know what? Bringing it back to sports here, you want to throw a baseball stadium on Tropicana? That's so
3: insane. The, you know, Tom, this was my idea on the baseball stadium. I know you're not big on the baseball team. I, I'm good with the baseball team. But this was my idea. I think they should take it out past, uh, if you go keep going out Charleston, if you put it out that way, you would be able to build up a whole new commercial park. Plus you have a lot of real estate out there that you could build a baseball complex out there too and really do something special with having, because you know, there are a lot of baseball teams and stuff that do come in here you know, recreationally, college, high school and so on, that play tournaments. if you build a really nice complex out there, well, guess what? Now you are you become the baseball capital of the United States if you did something along those lines.
1: What if we did what if we did this?' It, it, it's, an, it's kind of out Uh-oh. there. It's a wild idea. Oh, but I think it just might work. Yeah. What if we built like a really nice, really nice mm-hmm. I, I do genuinely mean like top of the line state- of-the art fantastic. Like ten thousand seat ballpark, maybe right next to Red Rock. What do you think about that? Well, maybe we maybe we just built something like that and said, perfect. are <laughs> better team. We 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 tell Oakland, Oh yeah, we'll we'll help you pay for that. We'll we'll pay an absurd amount of money to just call it the Las Vegas ballpark, which is really just us paying you to build this stadium. And then you can put your good team in that stadium. Oh wait. We already did that.
3: Oh, you were so bitter about this.
1: It's so awful. And then but, see,
3: I'm I'm okay every with every part team of this.
1: Every part of this plan is terrible. We don't need this.
3: Now, I, I think it's going to be good for the city, but I think I putting I think putting it downtown is just ugh, on the script. Is just, just, that just that is ridiculous. Them, that just, is such a terrible idea, and that is that is corporate greed at its finest.
1: Make them play a cashman.
3: Well, they're, they're going to get to play at Cashman. for Well, Cashman? Uh, I don't know about Cashman, dude. I don't know. I think we got some stuff we've got to clean up in the city before we start playing Major League Baseball at Cashman. I, don't, <laughs> I wouldn't even wish that on the A's. I,
1: I don't... I, I mean, what I'm hearing, and this is just a scuttlebutt, mm-hmm. is that the deal is in a tenuous position. I don't think that we're... I, this isn't a done deal. We're not locked in that this team is coming here.
3: I, I would... I would agree with you to a point, but I think a lot of the hurdles have been overcome.
1: I think a lot have been, but I think that the design is just so excruciatingly bad. Now, apparently, that deal is also in jeopardy.
3: Good, but yeah. I don't. It's I a don't, terrible.
1: It's a terrible. It's a
3: terrible idea. It, it, it. Look, you have to. And I know that they want to keep everybody close together and keep everybody coming in and out of the casinos, and and I understand that. And there are a lot of places where a downtown type baseball stadium helps, and it has revitalized some areas. But let's revitalize another area in the city if we're going to do it. Put it out east where we really could use some economic development out there. Or, like I said, take it out out west and do something really amazing out there, and plus where you would have some great access to it. Now, I'm not sure about going too far south, but you could even go north a little bit. And, you know, put it out somewhat close to the Speedway. And then you have a, a really neat sporting area out there. And uh, you build up some more casinos out there and and, and more commercial development. The, the, and, and that's that's my... I, I'm thinking more do something new. And because we're growing this city, mm-hmm. do something in a new area and build up a new area of town. And do something really cool for a different section of the city so, so we don't have all this traffic going into one spot.
1: My problem... Uh- I completely agree with you there. The only problem with that, of course, is that you build it too far out and now it's a trek and they're relying heavily on foot traffic coming in from the casinos on the strip.
3: I see, I, I think they'd be okay if they put it in a different area. I, 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 I really I, I do. Don't I don't and, I, I know I I know what you're saying. I but I think if you did it the right way and and you built the infrastructure properly, unlike what you did with Allegiant Stadium, as we're seeing. You could, I, and I'm. You know, we've seen it done in other places. If you do it right, I think the it's problem, a piece of. It, yeah, it, but, that, and, that's and great, a, but There's
1: reel. this producer that I know on a radio station here in town who is saying, if, "If if if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a very merry Christmas." Ho ho ho! Yeah, yeah. It, they're not going to do it right. No matter where they put it, they're not going to do it right. But the problem, the, I think that the biggest problem above all of this. Is just the fact that the math doesn't work. The math of what the A's would bring to this city doesn't make sense.
3: I, I, Tom, I, and I know what you're saying with some of the stuff that the A's presented because I think in a lot of ways you're right. Mm-hmm. But I do think that there is, there's going to be a lot of people coming out here as a baseball no, destination. No, Especially no. if you, well, you, you're, Mark, well, Mark, as, you, as a baseball fan, if I was, if I was back in, back east, and the Orioles were going to be playing in Las Vegas for three days. Yeah, I'm probably no, making that trip. No, I I am. No, I I think that would be. I got. To, I have
1: two things on that. Number one, choose one: MLB team, NBA team. If I told you, you could only have one,
3: I'd probably take an MLB team. That's just Chris. Me. Chris. Chris.
1: That it's
2: really tough. No, it's not. For me, it is because I I think an NBA team would bring in – would be better for the city.
1: Chris, how many games are you going to uh, when the weather's like this? Maybe I like mean, it, with, with – But if it's, well, a, if, you if you know, it's a dome you know stadium – But it's I have not. It's not. It's a, they're not doing a dome. They're, yeah, they're, if, if, there's if, a
2: bunch if of different If designs. it's not it, – no. The, 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 the scale that they have given us, the the idea they've given us of a partially domed stadium, ain't no one going to this – I've been yeah. thinking about going to uh, Aviators games all year – at, at, like for for a month now, and I'm like, oh, you know, I want to go on two dollar beer night, or I want to do this, this and, the, and I'm like. I see it at you know seven o'clock and it's still hundred twelve and I'm like, Yeah, absolutely not. And you think people that come into town and you know, let's say let's say New Yorkers come into town, the Yankees are playing, uh, and they're like, Oh, we can catch a Yankees game at that new stadium. Oh, it's hundred fifteen degrees out and the game's starting at seven o'clock, absolutely not, unless it's a dome. So if they domed it, then I think a baseball team would be fantastic if the you know A's sold the team and you know it wasn't such a garbage organization. There's um, a lot
1: of ifs there's a lot of ifs going there. on and but the right answers now, to if, all of those questions are that it's not happening. I if gave we you... got
2: the Vegas Supersonics right now, I would absolutely take that over the case.
3: <laughs> By the way, that was very good, Tom. I haven't Thank seen you. you since that tweet. Thank you. What, what's your Twitter handle again? TV at work. TV at TV, yeah. Work. Give me a follow. I, yeah, I, that tweet, was, I tweet some bangers. That, that was there are some bangers on there. that. That yeah. was restaurant quality calling it the uh, Vegas Supersonics.
1: But <laughs> but my my other point with this, you say that you'd make the trip out to Vegas. The problem is, sure, the first year. Some people come out for that. Second year, a few people come out for that. But baseball is not an event-based game. Yeah, but— It's not the—if I'm a fan who lives in their team's city, I'm not a transplant. I'm not like a California resident who's an Orioles fan, and, oh, the, I could go see them in Vegas or something like that. I, if I'm a fan who lives in my team's city, I'm getting together with my buddies. If we're saying, we, do you want to go to an Orioles game? Yeah, I'll go to an Orioles game. Cool, tickets are fifteen bucks. We're going. You're just going to do that. It's not like an NFL game where you're already. If you're a Bears fan, Bears tickets. Let's face it, you're you're paying a couple hundred bucks, right? Right, right. You're yeah. paying a couple hundred bucks. So you're all. It's already an expense that you're doing this. And you see on the schedule, oh, they're playing. They're playing the Raiders this year. We're already spending a couple hundred bucks if we want to get tickets. Why don't we just? Do it and make that our vacation, make that our trip, and they do a weekend in Vegas and go see the Bears game. That's something that happens. But when your alternative there for baseball is I can pe- spend a couple thousand dollars and do a Vegas weekend, or I can spend fifteen dollars and go see the team on Tuesday night with a couple of my buddies. That's just an easier choice to make. It's not the same. It's not the same math as going to an an, an NFL game.
3: Well, Tom, and well, I'll, I'll and it's not
1: like the and it's not like the Knights are seeing the same visiting fan attendance that they saw in the first season. Yeah, the novelty I, I, wears off for the visiting fans coming to Vegas.
3: Yeah, but I, I will say this, Tom, and and the thing about baseball fans is, is that we we love to go to different stadiums, and if you get a shot to go somewhere, especially a destination city like Vegas, I think I think it would be successful, and I, and I think people would will support the team too. Um, that's,
1: that's the other that's the other issue we haven't even talked about. At least the Raiders, when they came here, already had a fan base. And I'm not just talking about L.A. fans who would come out for the game or Oakland fans who would come down. There were already Raiders fans in Vegas, right? You've lived here longer than I have. Yeah, There were Raiders fans here. It's a Raiders city. And I came from the Bay Area. I moved a year before the Raiders did, or a couple years, but they'd already announced that they were moving. The stadium was being built when I got here. And I had been like, "What are they doing? How are you going to leave the Bay Area? Why are you going to Vegas? What fan? Base? This is never going to work." And then I got here and I saw, "Oh, this is Raiders Town. This is going to work here." And even then, Mark Davis was still talking about how angry it is that yeah, how angry it was that three quarters of the stadium was filled with Chiefs fans for that last game. It,
3: no, that's his fault. But we'll
1: that, yeah, that, we're not even touching the reasons behind that. Yeah, but they at least have a fan base. What is the A's contingent here?
3: Well, I think you start because you do have... number one, I think, number one, there's a lot... Of, I mean, there are a lot of baseball fans from different teams here. It is a pretty good mix. But one thing that, that pulls baseball fans together is, man, you get to you get to go see a, a baseball game. And it's it's kind of like, yeah, man, I, I want to go see no matter what. So I, th- I think there's a different mentality of baseball fans, you know, first. And, and, and plus, you know, you have... With the the aviators already being here, a lot of the baseball fans that go see that that team are familiar with those players. Yeah. So and and look and I and I know a lot of people say, well, the A's suck. They do. And 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 absolutely, right now they do. But the one thing about the A's is, has been over the years that even with previous ownership, that they were trying to find a different way to compete. You know, it was it was a very Hard situation for them being playing in the Coliseum out there, and well, just it, it's back it's, up.
1: What really happened is Moneyball came out, and they used that as an excuse to not spend any money, just saying, "Oh, we're moneyballing it."
3: Well, I don't know if it was an excuse. I think it was a system.
1: Yeah, and, it became and, an
3: excuse. Well, you can say that. It did. I mean, but but the thing is, but the thing is, is they're, that they're not they're, trying to
1: field a competitive team right now they're not. They no. haven't been for a long time.
3: Well, but they were just in the playoffs a couple of years ago, Tom. They and they been, they've been right there if you go back and look at the standings. Yeah, but they're still not this trying year, to be competitive. This year this year they they just buried it. But they're if they move to Las Vegas, they're going to have the money to spend. And I have, and honestly, I have a feeling the owner is going to sell the team to somebody else. I think it would be I think, know, that, be, that, I think step this,
2: one. that that would be step 1 of me believing that they actually want to be successful. Yeah, cuz
3: I I have a feeling what's going to happen is when they that if if the deal gets announced, that owner may bask in it for a year or two, and then say, "You know what? There's probably a hundred people in here that are going to pay me a lot of money to take this team off my hands." Yeah, whether to get it's rich or, yeah, and yeah. Uh, great. <laughs> so yeah. so you sell it to somebody who to local people here who care about the team and are going to do something with it.
1: At the end of the day, I just I think that we're only getting one more team at our current population level. We, the market can't support all of the major sports leagues yet. We're not there. And yeah. I think that we're only going to get one more and I think that as a city we're way better off with that team being the NBA, especially given the option that Major League Baseball is offering us right now. That's what I think about it.
3: It's interesting. It, it it's a very it's it's one of the it's one of the more unique dynamics I've ever seen in baseball. I really cuz we've seen Teams threaten to move and some a couple have. But this will be when they when they get here, I I have a feeling that it will it will be successful. I think they'll be all right. But they but they gotta dome the stadium. And if they don't dome the stadium, they're nuts. That that would be a terrible decision. You got and you can't have the players out there playing in 110 degrees. No, but again, that's what we're doing.
1: That is what the offer on the table is, and that's the problem. You guys have brought up a whole bunch of ifs on this that are simply not true and not the case.
3: Well, we'll find out.
1: Sure, if you do it this way or if you do that, it might work, but that's not what's happening. Well, you
3: know what I'm going to do, though, Tom, is when the Orioles come to town, I'll be sitting there for three games mm-hmm. with, my, with my black Orioles hat on, letting my scalp burn, Yep. and I will be singing Orioles magic as they thump the A's into the ground for three straight and celebrate all night long. That's what I'm going to do.
1: Well, Mark, <laughs> if my grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. We'll be right back <laughs> after this. See you guys on the flip side. Got a ranch in the baby, built on top, and
2: it's a bed out of human skull.
1: Come on, take a little walk with me, baby,
2: and
0: tell me who do you love.
1: Thomas Viola, Christy Maria, Mark Hoke here in the PSBR Law Studios bringing you all the action on this Monday night. Mark Hoke's been in the hits, man. I was thinking about a couple song requests for rejoins, but no point in asking you because they've been in fuego, my friend.
3: No Taylor Swift.
1: I know. I know. No Taylor Swift. I did that
3: for you, though. You did? I did that for you. You did. did, And I appreciated it. And, you know, the, the radios got turned off. I heard the clicks everywhere. Yeah. Do well, the radios click anymore, or is it just it's a mouse clicks, maybe? Yeah.
1: I was going to say the Blue Jays have taken the lead in the bottom of the uh, – well, in what would have been, I guess, the top of the eighth. We, we were distracted Very by distracted. our significant discussion, which was sports-related in the last segment here. But it is now Dodgers 3, Blue Jays 3, bottom of the eighth here. Blue Jays had taken the lead. Dodgers have just tied it back up. Meanwhile, bottom of the ninth, the Padres – Four runs down here. It is eight to four against the Pirates and the Cardinals, leading the Diamondbacks in the bottom of the ninth, ten to six. Couple road teams getting it done right now, and we'll see what happens. That's been a real good back and forth game.
2: That that Cardinals Diamondbacks game. That's Mm -hmm. been a real good game tonight.
1: You say that, but the score uh, closer than the score line is indicating right now. Yes, that is for sure. Uh, As a matter of fact. I don't know if we have the ability to get the Dodgers Blue Jays game on TV, but Chris, if we do, maybe take that remote over there and try and navigate that. But in the meantime. Wow. Yeah. You
3: know, you degenerate gamblers. Yes. You can't just live with, you know, going on like CBSsports.com and the game tracker or anything like that. It's like, we well, got to that's, that's find
1: it. That's the thing. It's not about watching the game because I don't care about watching the games I bet on. That's actually, uh, personally, just as a better, it's not something that I do that much. But it's about the fact that I want to have my laptop open on the score lines, odds, information mm-hmm. for the show. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to switch to game, to a game feed play-by-play. I want to be able to just glance up in the corner and see if something happens.
3: You just want to
2: know you the moment, moment you can take your yeah, it's... What was that? Having a tab open is just too much. It is.
1: I know, it is too much. Because <laughs> then I have to slide through that. I have to switch Jeez. things around. I, it's Good it's goodness. work. It's complicated work that has to be done, and I don't <sighs> want to do that. You young pups. Yes.
3: God, what would you guys have done if you grew up when I grew up?
1: Oh, man. Probably fought we... in World War II.
3: <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> yeah. That, that was my grandfather, actually, Smarty. <laughs> it...
1: My grandfather got drafted into Vietnam, uh... Which was very interesting because he was 40 when he got his draft card in. What? Yeah. And Mm. what happened, of course, it comes in the mail on a Friday. So my grandmother the whole weekend is sitting there worried. Like, oh, 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 Vietnam, oh. And he's just like, they're going to take one look at me and be like, that was a mistake. And sure enough, (laughs) Monday morning walks into the draft office. He's like, yeah, I got drafted. And they go, no, you didn't. Wow. (laughs) You're all good, man.
3: Yeah, my, my grandfather actually fought in the Battle of Normandy. And wow, wow. And when, when it was crazy because he never talked about it. But when he passed away, we had all his papers and stuff, and I happened to see his military record uh, sitting by our copier. And it was a cra- one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life because he was a cook in the military, so he had basic training, and then his assignments was cook, cook, cook. And then all of a sudden, it says, infantry. And I look at the date. It was like, guess what? If you can carry the spoon, now you're carrying a gun. And he was in the invasion. The invasion was over. Went right back to cook. Crazy. Never said a word. Never said a word.
1: That is wild. And again, as Ken likes to say, God bless our troops and thank you to all who served.
3: Yeah, God bless my grandpa Gordon. Good Absolutely.
1: Man. My uh, my other grandfather served in the military during the Korean War, mm. but he wasn't in Korea. So I feel like that makes it that I don't know how that all works. With does that make you a war veteran?
3: Uh, not really. Yeah, I think you have to be in the theater. I- my my other grand- I
1: don't want to be getting any hate from any. I, 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 mean, if I, I you give su- a
2: veteran status if you serve. Yeah, at yeah, all, you're, you're yeah a veteran. you get veteran like, status. Like, blanket yeah.
1: statement. We're not trying yeah. to put anybody down <laughs> here. It drove my sister crazy though because he would wear the Korean War veteran hat I and people like be, made assumptions, yeah. and I and it was just like
3: because you're serving other purposes. I, I yeah. should yeah. But my my other grandfather was actually in the in the navy and helped build the Panama Canal.
1: Wow, that's crazy.
3: Saw the pictures of that. That's awesome. Do you
1: know why? We were able to pull that off because people had tried before us. There were other governments that had come in, the Panamanian. People had tried to build the canal before us, but there was one critical invention. And this is your, this is your educational break for this, uh, for this sports radio show. But there was a critical invention that came about that allowed the U.S. to be the first ones to actually complete it. Do you know what that was? Oh, was it Teddy getting his head kicked in by a kangaroo? No.
2: <laughs> Favorite president ever. No, no, goaded no go president for sure. Absolutely. I'm I am, i naming my firstborn son after
3: him, but I'm blanking. Go ahead. Go
1: ahead. Anti malarials. Oh, huh. Because the thing is, we yeah. didn't yeah. know before that that mosquitoes carried malaria. And once we figured out insecticides and anti malarials, we were able to get the uh, canal built because people weren't constantly getting malaria while trying to build it. There
3: you go. Yeah.
1: So there's your little piece of history on this SportsX radio broadcast here, but let's get back to it before I get an angry text from Ken asking why we're not talking about sports here. Because,
3: <laughs> Ken, you know, go, Ken goes off on tangents, too. It's all good.
1: <laughs> but, you know, uh, the Raiders made an interesting signing today. Uh-oh. Marcus Peters, veteran corner, a badly needed position for this Raiders team. Because I don't know if you guys know this, <laughs> but there are a few pretty good quarterbacks in the AFC West. In really? Patrick Mahomes, Allegedly, Russell Wilson and kind of Justin Herbert, but
3: there's some good offense.
1: Wow, did there. you just
3: kind of Justin Herbert?
1: I did. That's fair. Prove that's it a, to me. That's a fair statement.
3: He I hasn't. don't know. That... I think he's better than kind of.
1: I don't. Here's yeah. my my problem. Isn't with his talent level. My problem with is is with the Chargers and how they have failed to capitalize on that talent.
3: I I would I would say like pretty solid. Like I if... think he could be elite. I think he could too. Yeah, he the could. Chargers are kind of a little bit. The of Chargers
1: mess. are the problem here. They, his average depth of target last year was one of the worst in the country, despite the fact that he has a cannon for an arm. They play way too conservative with him. But my point here is that Marcus Peters fills a very needed gap for this team. Uh, actually, I was over at the Battle for Vegas the other night. Fantastic Raiders Golden Knights charity softball game. Riley Smith had a three-run homer as team captain of the uh, of. Team Riley. I don't know if he's going to be back next year for it. Hopefully, he's listening right now and can just call us in and uh, confirm that he's going to come back next year. He's, of course, been traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates, Pittsburgh Penguins. We've been Mm -hmm. talking a lot of baseball tonight.
3: It's okay.
1: Yeah. But it was great. Uh, It was great. I talked with uh, one of the Raiders cornerbacks who had actually played with Marcus Peters in a previous stop, David Long Jr., and he said adding that kind of veteran leadership to the locker room would be a really big deal. It would be a really good thing for them. And Sure enough, they have gone out and done that today, and that's going to boost a secondary that badly needs it. Because yeah, I'll tell you, Mark, I have this team finishing winning the Caleb Williams sweepstakes.
2: Wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Oh, my gosh. That's, yeah, that's obviously not something you want to hear around here, but
3: that's a, that's a pretty big bombshell there. Trying to think, I, oh, come, Tom, there's got to be worse teams than the Raiders. Sure. But
1: there's not a team with a harder schedule, yeah. worse talent, and the cocktail is right. It's the same reason the Eagles won the one seed last year. Were they the best team? Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yeah, clearly. And that. they're the best team again that. this year. Yeah.
3: You just said that to two Eagles fans. Yeah. That was a mistake. But <laughs> they
1: had the easiest path and also the Rams imploded.
2: The Rams did implode, but yeah. their the NFC also isn't very good. Like the, no, AFC the NFC is, is so bad, good.
1: But my point is, they got. They, they let's face it, the Eagles were not one of the top. I would argue three teams in the league, maybe and, third. But and, there were the Chiefs, probably the Bengals, and the Bills were probably all better teams.
3: I would have taken the Eagles on the Bills, but I could. Yeah, I. I you I you, say, you
1: can make that, you, you can make that argument, and I can agree. With
3: I you. would. I would have been scared with the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and you mm-hmm. know, the Chiefs. Obviously, that was a a battle.
1: Yeah, but. My point here is it's about the path. And the Eagles had a fantastic path last year. The same way the Raiders have a fantastic pack, path to the number 1 pick this
3: year. Trying mm. sure. to think who else is going to be contending for Cardinals. This year?
1: Cardinals. It'll be
2: Yeah, like they'll the Cardinals
3: be Cardinals they who do not have. Oh yeah. wait.
1: Do they they don't have a number 1 pick, do they?
3: Uh no,
2: they do. They have the Texans number uh, one. Oh, that's you're, what it you're is. thinking the, the te- other te- way around. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's if my bad. It, well, there is there is a hellish scenario in which the Cardinals get the number 1 overall pick, the Texans get the number two and the Cardinals end up with uh, with guys by the name of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb. Uh, yeah, that would be that would be insane. I mean, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. That would be an, an immediate dynasty. Yes, they had the second worst offensive line, in my opinion, in football. Uh, so they need to figure a couple of things out. But Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams starting side by side is a is a good place to start. If you're anybody. I don't I don't think it happens. I don't you know, I really don't think it will happen, but um there is a scenario in which that happens. Yeah.
1: But yeah. I think my problem with the Cardinals winning it losing it to win it is Kyler Murray probably comes back at some point this season. He will. He'll and that's be good back. for a couple wins. Especially with sure? how easy their schedule is. Yeah. yeah.
2: They have an All easy right. schedule. He's, he's well, a game changer. Enough. Enough. Like, yes, you know, having Hopkins a couple of years ago just being able to just say Screw it, he's down there somewhere. Was good for a couple wins. Literally we saw him win a couple times doing that. Yeah. Um yeah, this team is not is not good enough to pull out a ton of wins, but Kyler's good enough of a difference maker with how easy the schedule is to pull off a couple wins. So I see what you're saying. But he's still gonna be running around. Again, they still have one of the worst offensive lines. I think the Titans have the worst offensive line and the Cardinals are a close second, uh, in terms of worst offensive lines in football. Um so he's gonna be running around a lot. But I'm that's what why happens if the Bears online. Oh, that'll be interesting. That's
1: that's going to be like, have they done enough? And, of course, the O-line that matters the most, I would say, as far as how good they're going to be and what their ceiling is, is the Bengals O-line. They've I, think, done, I think they'll be all right.
2: I don't know if they've done enough. I think the Bears are, like, the Bears are still bottom 10, bottom half at least of the league, but yeah, the, ba- they're, the Bears they're, are up competing. they're up a couple spots. Yeah, I
1: don't think they're competing for the number one o- the, uh, no. When I talked about O-line performance, the Bengals O-line probably is the one that's going to be the biggest game changer because we've seen what happens when they're bad and they have they done enough because they that, that team if that line can live up to it and keep Joe Burrow healthy and upright Super Bowl team
2: Orlando Brown Jr. being on left tackle this year that's going to be huge you know adding him mm-hmm. as a left tackle is going to be massive yeah. you're moving Jonah Williams to the right side he's on a contract year I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he played left tackle last year and he he was bad like just just very bad so Jonah Williams moving to the right side is huge. Orlando Brown Jr. joining and, and moving to that left tackle position is massive. Uh, Cordell Volson is going to play left guard. At, you know, Orlando Brown Jr. is just going to be the best player on that offensive line. Uh, but we'll see, if, obviously, if everyone can stay healthy. But that's still, I mean, that's middle-of-the-pack offensive line. All they have to do is just not give up 10 sacks a game. And Joe Burrow can just take over and do the rest, especially with you know this trio of wide receivers who's not going to be around anymore after this season.
3: How bad do you think Washington's going to be?
1: That's a good question.
2: That's so hard to answer, man.
1: I think bad,
2: but if you're talking about their offensive line, bad. Like they have three rookie, or they have a rookie and three new guys on their offensive line, none of whom are really going to be a huge, huge different makers. It's it. it, Their offensive line's not going to be good. But if we're talking about the team as a whole, they are sneaky, man they're so hard to so hard to The catch. defense
1: should be pretty good.
2: Yes, the defense is going to be solid. I'm
1: I actually think the, worried about I, them as an Eagles fan. I think the Giants win 7 games.
2: The Giants? Think,
1: yeah. yeah. Everybody's uh, everybody's I, kind of expecting them to take a step and I don't think they take a step. No, I think I, this is a team that got incredibly lucky last year and won a bunch of coin flip games. That regression hits hard. Yeah, they they played
3: out of their minds last yeah. year. There's no question about it. I I they're, they're probably about in. I I might still give them 9. Nah. Eight or nine? I think they'll be in. I think they'll be in the middle.
1: The win total seven and a half.
3: Yeah, well, I, I think they'll be a little better than that. But this whole thing with Saquon Barkley is a mess too.
1: Yeah, there, there, there are a lot of problems there. I mean, and the running back thing in general, because we're seeing that. There we go. We can tie it back to Vegas here. Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs is oh. the other running back.
2: He's expected to be back for Week One.
1: Expected to be, but that's <laughs> also you know ownership saying that or coaching yeah. saying that so and, he could opt out. And, and the fact of the matter is, the Raiders are doing the right thing. You played him, yeah. Then you tagged him, yep. And now you get rid of him, and you sign another running back. You've got all of these elite running backs here, and look, I—it's a brutal position, and there are a lot of talented guys. But one of the arguments I saw some of them, some of them making on Twitter, on X, new platform X, yeah, we'll see about <laughs> that. But one of the arguments that was being made was, oh, you you know, you look at the Super Bowl teams, you you got to have a top running back if you want to win. All of the guys tweeting this are top running backs who conspicuously do not have who Super have Bowl rings. <laughs> you look at it; it is very blatant. You look at the last five Super Bowl winners, and the best running back out of the bunch, I, I, I think you'd even have to say is Miles Sanders of Super oh, Bowl winners.
3: Miles is a little overrated.
1: That's my point, though. He wasn't
2: even their top. He wasn't even their top running back. Arguably, in that Super Bowl, that would have been. Uh, What's his name? Corey Clement. Yeah, but it's he more... was, he was the better he was the better running back in that season. Yeah, Super but
1: Bowl. I'm ta- I'm talking body work for the season. Yeah, okay. But nevertheless, that that's my point. If that's the best running like that's the best See, running back that we've seen win one recently, it's just not a position— and I'm not I don't know what we would do as far as getting these guys paid more fairly because the reality is that it's just a position where the way our the way the contracts are set up they're not hitting the open market until they're already past their prime because it's a position that is ground down and you're worn down, and your prime is very much those young first couple of years. It's not like some other positions where wide receiver, maybe you're a 21-year-old, and by the time you're 23, you've put on another 40 pounds of mass, and you've adjusted to the NFL speed, and you start breaking out. We see more second-year breakout receivers than phenom rookies. But with running backs – It's more the rookies and the young guys. And by the time they're getting to that point where they hit free agency and they can go get a big payday, it doesn't make sense to pay them. And that's what we're seeing happen here. And I don't know what they would do to change that, but it's the reality of the position, and it's not going to be changing.
3: Well, I think some of it, too, is style of play right now. That a a lot of teams are going to this, you know, a lot of read options and doing a lot of running with their quarterbacks. But I have a feeling, because, you know, we've – (laughs) <laughs> I've been watching football for so long and have seen so many trends come and go. And that's one that honestly I think is going to go at some point, that running your quarterbacks all the time, because it, it wears them down. You know, you, you think about guys that have had the longevity, on you know, guys like Tom Brady, they're pocket passers. And, you know, I worry about, you know, and, I'm, and I'm sure, Chris, you might feel the same way as I worry about Jalen Hurts taking yeah. hit after hit after hit after hit. How long is he going to last as a quarterback? And I think that eventually teams are going to once again realize that the running back position is much more important than what they're treating it as now. I disagree. So I I think you're going to – it's a a cycle, and and I have a feeling it's going to come back around.
1: I I don't think so because I I think that you're misdiagnosing the problem. I think that it's not that people aren't realizing the importance of running backs or that running quarterbacks are just taking up that production – it's the way the league is set up now. The rules favor passing because the league wants more points. They want want more scoring, and the passing game is how you get that. And, and, the, and the, the, just the reality of it at the end of the day, it does not make sense to pay a running back $7 million a year. No team that is doing that is winning right now. That money is better allocated elsewhere, and the way that rookie contracts are set up, you are better off just drafting someone in the third round, playing them until they get franchise tagged. If they were good, tag them. If not, let them go. Draft someone else and continue the cycle because there's enough talent to go around, and you don't need an all-time great—you don't need Nick Chubb. You don't need Christian McCaffrey. Isaiah Pacheco was the best running back that the that the Chiefs had last year. He was really talented,
2: year. but he is he's he's incredibly talented. But again, he does fit under that mold of a few years,
3: and then you can and he was look a late
2: round
1: draft pick.
3: Yep. Yeah, and I see what I wonder is is that eventually does that does that style of play some some team will come back and counter and really start digging into running the football and saying you know what the, for us the way to win is to keep the ball on the ground a lot more and then all of a sudden they'll start winning because it, 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 those kind of things be, have that's happened.
1: That's not the way that
3: you win. The way to win is build an
2: offensive line, in my opinion. You and can, then, You can and run then, anyone. And then anyone the, there are it, so many good running backs that can run well as long as they have a good offensive line in front of them. I mean Tom just was talking about the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles didn't have many running backs to talk about. They had a few like short bruiser guys and you know, they could, you know, they could take hits or whatever, but they were cycling guys in and out, like guys that I I guarantee people who aren't Eagles fans couldn't name all the running backs on that roster. There's no chance. And they were getting, you know, 3-4 yards before before contact, like 3-4 yards carry. And because the offensive line was so good, the way you win is building an offensive line anymore. Yeah,
3: I agree with that. And then and if you, and, and I think having multiple running backs that are solid on your team, well, you know, Pete, I, that's how the Eagles won was they did a lot of, you know, they, they did, it, it was kind of like North Dakota state football, you know, grind yeah. it out, you know, and, and by the time the end of the, the end of the game hit and the Eagles were really good at that in the Super Bowl year too, was they would just pound on you and pound on you and pound on you by the end of the game, you were worn down. And I and I have a feeling that style of football is going to come back because the way to beat of Patrick Mahomes, one of the best ways to do it is keep him the heck off the field. Right? I mean, so you, look you see good. what I'm saying? It's just I, I mean, it's given just,
1: given what we have seen from Patrick Mahomes, the way to beat him involves a great deal of prayer.
3: Or yeah. keep, but if you can control the ball and not give him as many possessions,
1: I don't know. You but have, then the you, problem is that their offense is so quick to move down the field and they just score on you anyway.
3: But, or you mug him, hit him with a club. Yeah, that, that's I, possibility I mean, too. The,
1: like, let's face it, the only thing that really works is getting pre- is getting pressure. But we could spend another two hours diagnosing how to try and beat Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and at the end of the <laughs> yeah, day, we're right. not going to come up with some great conclusive answers. We'll be right back after this.
0: Uh- Coming into the
1: home stretch here on a Monday night, Thomas Viola, Christy Maria, Mark Hoke in the studio here, PSBR Law Studios on SportsX Radio, filling in for Ken Thompson. And some final scores here, Pittsburgh manages to hold on versus the Padres, 8-4 final there. They get the W, the Cardinals also hold on 10-6 over the Diamondbacks. Two road teams down, one to go. We are in the middle of the ninth inning, though, Blue Jays tied 3-3 with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Okay. Disagree.
3: I'm sorry. That's where you got money on the yeah. game. Sorry, I have <laughs> I have to root for the Blue Jays to die like dogs.
1: Much I, I understand, but let's let them get a win this game. one mm-hmm. 3 do
2: die. up in the bottom of the ninth for the Dodgers.
1: All right, well.
2: That's Freeman Will Smith.
1: Nonetheless, I mean, I cashed a plus-230 underdog today in the Pirates. Nice.
3: Yeah, so We're don't happy. get greedy.
1: We're happy. Uh, Women's World Cup going on right now chris is it yeah it's, <laughs> it's been interesting so far and by that i mean it's been a whole lot of unders uh small teams really having some success here so in these final minutes i'll i'll leave with this note uh the u.s did not look great versus vietnam three nothing victory in a game <laughs> where they were favored to score by six
2: that's a, that's a statement that's been said a
1: couple times unfortunately. <laughs> oh no. Look, no. I just I just couldn't believe <laughs> oh, what I was I, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. <sighs> this Christy, this small country with limited resources oh, going up against the <laughs> limitless resources and power of the United States Women's <laughs> National Team Stop. and it was just they oh, just couldn't man. get the job done.
2: The only thing you're missing there is we had to play them because of the French and I don't know how you're going to do it, but I, I challenge you to do that one. Just blame the French for this one. <laughs> that would have been <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: That would sorry. be interesting.
3: <laughs> uh, oh <laughs> my
0: Women's World God, Cup so is going bad. On,
1: But still, the League's Cup going on in America here and is really of note due to one man making his debut the other night in Lionel Messi. Absolutely incredible. Hits that free kick right at the end of the game to win it for Miami and I'll tell you this is really it, this is like if lebron went to go play in his in the in in the chinese league or something like that like
3: that could happen could.
1: it could happen yeah. and it would be of that similar magnitude uh, inter miami has more instagram followers now than like every nfl team not combined but every nfl team <laughs> it's it's truly insane and this is this is a magnitude for the game of soccer and I think that we're going to be seeing some real changes, and it's just going to continue to grow here in America with Messi here now. It's a big deal, and it's pretty wild, man.
3: Man, every older soccer player is going to find a new home. Well, they make a seniors league.
1: Yeah, they do. It's called Saudi Arabia. Yeah. <laughs> it
2: used to be called the MLS. It I mean... used to be.
1: But the MLS has definitely been able to shirk that notion. It's It's seen more as a way for especially South American players like Brazilians, Argentinians. A lot of guys are coming up from South America and using MLS as a bridge to Europe now. The times, they are changing, my friends. And it has been a pleasure being with you here on this Monday night. Once again, Christy Maria, Mark Hoke, and myself, Thomas Viola. We'll catch you next time. Ken Thompson back tomorrow, right, Mark?
3: That is correct, sir.
1: All right. Ken's back tomorrow. But in the meantime, you know the drill. No drinking and driving. No texting and driving. God bless America. God bless our troops. Best of luck, everybody. Let's cash some tickets. We'll see you next time.